Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you today. Love the energy in the room already. Let's keep that going, okay? We are in a series called Hashtag Everyday. And last week, if you are here with us, you learned about an everyday commission that God has given to us. Do you realize that Jesus, before he left this world, he said, I've finished everything that I've come to accomplish. And then these intimidating words, now I'm sending you to do the rest, okay? It's like, wow, there's some excitement to you that God would say, hey, I want you to continue the work that I am doing, and he does. And the way we're gonna do that is by being everyday missionaries. Now, as soon as I say missionary, some of you are thinking something totally different than what you need to be right now, okay? So I don't want you to be thinking this way. Oh yeah, you're gonna tell me that I need to sell everything I have, pack up my stuff, go to another country and talk to people about Jesus. No, that's not what I'm saying. We do have people right here from Fox River that are in the process of getting ready to do that and others who have already done that. But God tells every one of us to be a missionary and we don't have to pack our stuff in order to go do that. We don't even have to go on a missions trip to do that because being an everyday missionary is doing it right here. We've been using a symbol that is familiar, I'm sure, to every single one of us. Some of you would call this a hashtag. Some of you would call this a tic-tac-toe board, okay? Depending on how far back you go, I suppose. But really what it's representing is something very, very important, that we are people of influence. You see, God has given us, every single one of us, some great influence. I love it when you have a map, you know, you go to a park, you're looking for trails, and it has this little symbol, and it says, you are here, right? We need one of those right now. So, on the hashtag, you are here, you personally. And what that means is that you have people surrounding you every day of your life. You have neighbors. You have friends, you have coworkers, fellow students, even strangers, but you see them each and every day because of the grocery store. Maybe you don't go to the grocery store every day, I hope not, actually, but wherever it may be, you run into those people. And God has given you influence in their life, and he wants you to use that influence. But there's a major problem that keeps us from doing that. I thought a great illustration of this this is a story of a friend of mine who came to me and said, Rob, I really, really need your help. Now, sometimes it depends on who the person is. I lean away, but with this person, I leaned in, okay? Because I thought, I really do want to help them. So I said, well, what is he? He goes, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. I said, tell me, what, what was it? How can I help you? They said, I was at work, and one of my coworkers came to me and said, you go to church, Right? I'm like, that is great because you know what that means is it means you have a good reputation at church. Maybe you've talked about church. Maybe it's because of, of the morals that you hold. Maybe it's because you have a smile on your face. Whatever it is, I said, that's a really good thing. He says, but then something happened. They looked at me and they said, I don't go to church. 
And so as far as I'm concerned, you're the closest thing to a pastor that I have in my life. Let's talk about God. I said, and? They said, and? That's why I'm coming to you. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Man, how many of us would be in that same boat, right? How many of us would be in that same exact boat where it's like we have this opportunity right before us where somebody recognizes something in us and they want to know more? So if given the opportunity, would you be ready to share the message of Jesus? Would you? Just a little while back, we did a survey that many of you took. It was called the Jesus Survey. It was long enough ago, you might not remember the details of it. But there were some different comments and asked you if you agreed with them or not. And one of those was simply this comment, that we have felt, whether we felt equipped to share our faith or not with another individual. 11% of people said, yes, I feel equipped to share my faith with another individual. Now let's just slide that to 10%, okay? I'm not trying to take away, in fact, I want it to go the other way. But that means nine out of 10 people that are with us in this room, online, at our campuses, nine out of 10 people are not comfortable sharing their faith. That means nine out of 10 people probably are not sharing their faith. Those are not good percentages, are they? We need to move that. We need to, to increase those percentages. But we have some struggles, obviously, with that. You know what? Peter, one of Jesus' followers, Many would say it probably is closest. We know one of the three closest. He actually wrote one of the books of the New Testament, actually more than one. You'll see it in 1 Peter. I want you to show you these words of wisdom that he gives. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And catch this next part. Always be prepared. Sounds like the Boy Scout motto right there, right? Always be prepared, but prepared for what? He's very specific. To give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. He says, look, we need to be ready. We need to be prepared, ready to tell someone else who might ask us about the hope that they see in us to go ahead and to be able to do so, and in doing so, to be able to let them know about who Jesus is. Do you realize there are more people willing to hear the gospel than there are to share the gospel? How many of you are in sales? Anybody in sales? That is gold right there, isn't it? Because that means that the demand is higher then the opportunity, right? It means the demand is not gonna go away. But that should give us some confidence because what that tells us is this. The bad news is this. We're never gonna have enough people sharing the gospel probably. But the good news is this. We'll never run out of people who want to hear it. 
They actually want to hear of the hope that is in us. Sometimes they'll want to hear so desperately that they'll even ask us for it, as we saw in my friend's life. This is not a new thing. You see, Jesus even, he recognized this, and he recognized it in a very, I think it's unusual way, unusual to, to the way that I would react, because it's when he's looking at a crowd. I don't know about you, but when I look at a crowd, I usually look at an inconvenience. Anybody else? Like, man, you're just in my way, people, okay? Like, there's too many people here. It's like, you know, you're running into them, whatever. Not Jesus. Jesus looked at crowds and says he had compassion on them. It broke his heart. And here's why. We see it. Matthew records it in chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. It tells us this. When he, talking about Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And here's why. Because they were harassed and helpless. And he describes them like this. This doesn't mean a lot to us because none of us are shepherds. I don't think any shepherd, any shepherds with us today? Okay, I didn't think so. All right, maybe you have sheep though, maybe you do. All right, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Meaning they need an influencer in their life. That's what they need. He goes on, look what he says. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What is he saying? He's saying there's never enough people telling people about Jesus. So this is what he says. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What if you got the opportunity to share the message of Jesus with someone that's in your hashtag? Would that be a beautiful thing? We need more workers. We need more who are willing to share the message of Jesus. So let's do exactly what Jesus told us to do. Would you pray with me right now? Lord God, would you help us to use the influence that you've given to us? Because there's eternity at stake. There's relationship with you at stake. And there's beautiful things, life transformations that can take place, God. And I pray that you'd help us to be open to it if given the opportunity, God, and that we'd pray for the opportunity, we'd pray for those, God, who are in our hashtag of influence, that we might be able to tell them about you and the hope that we have. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name, and everyone in agreement said, amen, amen. We need to be prepared. Why is it so hard? Well, because we overcomplicate it. You realize that? We way overcomplicate sharing the message of Jesus. See, the gospel is simple. It's Jesus Christ. He died. He rose from the grave. It's as simple as that. Charles Hodge said it this way. He said the gospel is so simple that a small child can understand it. Let's prove that out. How many of you received Christ as a child? I did. I was eight years old, and I understood exactly what I was doing. Not every piece of the gospel, no, no, but I understood clearly what Jesus had done for me and I wanted him as my savior. And so I asked him to become my savior. He goes on, the gospel is so simple that a small children can understand it and it's so profound that studies by the wisest theologians will never exhaust its riches. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's ongoing in our lives even. It's not just something we do as a child. It's not just a prayer that we pray but it's a trust of the one who's given us life. 
The gospel, Jesus died for our sins, he was buried and he rose from the grave to reconcile us to God. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna equip us. I wanna raise that 11%. So I'm gonna ask the ushers if they'd come right now, they're gonna hand something out to you, at least down the rows if you'd pass them out. You may need a pen for this. If you already got one, grab it if you would. I wanna make this very interactive today and I wanna equip you. I wanna equip you to simply share the message of Jesus with someone else, okay? Now don't start salivating, there's no donuts with the napkin, it's just a napkin, okay? All right, grab that napkin, grab a pen, and I want to give you a simple tool. It's not the only tool, some will use other tools. Use whatever tool is best for you, but if you don't have a tool, I hope that this might become one that you can use. There's something called the three circles. I didn't come up with it. A couple guys came up with it because they saw that they had friends and family members and others in their life that needed to also be equipped to share the message of Jesus. And so I want you to take that napkin. I want you to imagine yourself at a table. It may be at a coffee shop. It may be in your home, at your dining room table. It may be at a cafeteria table. It may be in the break room, wherever it may be. And you've got a napkin, if you're online with this, go ahead, grab a napkin, a paper towel, a scratch piece of paper, whatever it may be. And I want you to to do this, if you would, just humor me with it. I know some of you, you're gonna be hard to convince, okay? Some of you are gonna be skeptical, right? Some of you are already thinking, I'm never gonna use this. Okay, I'm just gonna ask, would you be open just in case? Because if you're praying for your hashtag of influence, there's a high likelihood that God's gonna answer that prayer and that someone will ask you about the hope that is inside of you and you don't wanna be unprepared. So here's simply what I want you to do. Start off with this. Just put three circles on that napkin, okay? Three circles that you can write in, okay? So make them big enough that you can at least write in them. And I'm gonna give you what's in these three circles here. The first one, we need to start with what God intended what God designed. So I'm gonna give you this word. It's called shalom, S-H-A-L-O-M. How many have heard that word before? Okay, would you say it with me? Shalom, say it again, shalom. Now, how many of you heard that word before? Okay, every hand should be up, right? Okay, you realize that. All right, shalom. If you have a Jewish friend, you've heard it before because that is a greeting. It's a greeting, and it simply means peace. How many could use a little peace right now? How many would admit our world lacks peace? Now, when we think peace, a lot of times we think lack of conflict. And it is about lack of conflict. But I wanna go a little bit more. You may need an English word to put in here. So go ahead, you can put blessing. God's full blessing. That word shalom isn't just peace like we think of the absence of conflict, but it's having all of God's blessing. 100% of it. It's in total alignment and unity with God. It's perfection, perfect harmony. That's what God intended and he designed for us to have a relationship with him. That's what he did when he created the first two human beings. He says he created them in his image and it was good. It was perfectly good. Perfect, wonderful, bliss, paradise, Heaven, think those types of words. Things we long for, that we desire, because God put those all within us, and all of us long for those. We long for a shalom. 
But instead, think we got something else, right? Because God's design didn't continue the way that he wanted. You see, in the beginning, there was no war. There would be no Memorial Day because there would be no need for it. There's no conflict in families. There's no disease, no death, no crying, no shame, no guilt. Perfect harmony between us and God. It's hard to believe a world like that, right? And it didn't last very long. Takes us to our second circle. As you're sharing with someone the good news, you wanna let them know this was God's intention. Perfect unity with you. Blessing, all of God's blessing. But instead, we have brokenness. Brokenness. How many can relate to that? How many relate to that? Our world's broken. It is broken. What is brokenness? Brokenness is the manifestation of something went wrong. That is not the way God intended. He didn't intend for brokenness. Sometimes we're convinced that he did. Think about how many times someone comes to you or maybe you thought this yourself. Why did God do this? Or why did God allow this? It didn't take long for Adam and Eve to decide a different path. And it broke everything. Now, I used to think, shame on you people. You really messed it up for me. And then I realized I wouldn't have lasted probably as long as they did before I ate that fruit. And I begin to think, how did we end up here? Brokenness. A marriage that might be falling apart. Conflict with a coworker, brokenness. It looks like sometimes an addiction that is out of control and you find yourself giving into it time and time and time again. Physical or mental ailment that is crushing you. All manifestations, all manifestations of us turning from God. Why, what brought brokenness? You see, we went from here to here very quickly because of sin. Sin is what brought brokenness. Romans 3.23 tells us this, all have sinned, and because of that, they fall short of the glory of God. That's what it feels like right now, because this is what God intended, and this is what we have. Anybody seeing any hope in that right now? <laughs> it's like, I thought you are sharing the good news. We just haven't got there yet, but we're gonna get there because we don't wanna hang out here too long, right? Do you think most people realize they're broken? They do. Just think about it. Your last conversation at work, at home. Your next one, just do a little listening. Listen for problems because problems reveal brokenness. When somebody starts talking about how bad their day is, they're talking about brokenness. They're talking about the manifestations of sin, not necessarily a direct sin, something they had done wrong, and they're being punished for it. It could be indirectly, but we live in a broken world. 
And it's broken because of sin, not just Adam and Eve's sin, but our ongoing sin. We sin, it seems like, in more ways all the time and find bigger ways to be able to do it even. And so with that, what do we do with it? We try to do lots of things. You ever notice that? There are many things we try. You wanna find someone's brokenness? I'd encourage you to ask them this question then follow up on it. Simply ask them this. Is there something that I can be praying with you about? And you'll find out what their brokenness is. Here's the beautiful thing about brokenness. Brokenness shows us that we really, really, really need God. So we have shalom. Would you say that with me? Shalom. We have brokenness. Say it with me. Brokenness. But he didn't leave us there. Thank God he did not leave us there. He said, I have a fix for this brokenness. It's gonna take something on your part, but most of it's on him. And this one I want you to put in a word. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. If I can get it right. Too many letters on that one, hey? Reconciliation. Say that with me. Reconciliation. Simply means brought back to. You see, brokenness, we needed reconciliation. And so, reconciliation, God gives. And it's the gospel. It's that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross to pay for our sins. He was buried and he rose from the grave. Why? To bring us back to God. The good news, the gospel is that we can be reconciled to God because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We don't have to stay in our brokenness. We don't have to stay in our guilt. We don't have to stay in our shame. And so I want you to think about your hashtag of influence. Your hashtag. Who in your hashtag of influence needs to hear that? That God had an intention to have perfect harmony with him, shalom, but it was broken by sin, but Jesus came to reconcile us, to bring us back to God. It's as simple as that. You see, there's this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, and it talks about this reconciliation. That's why I used a big word. If you want, bring us back to God. It's just more words, maybe simpler. But it tells us this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He said, I came, I did my work, now I'm sending you. Now, he goes on, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Would you read this next part with me? Not counting people's sin against them. Isn't that an amazing thing? Yes, we've sinned. Yes, we continue to sin, but Jesus came not holding our sin against us. He died for us. And he has committed to who? Us, the message of reconciliation. He said, I want you, I want you to be an everyday missionary. I want you to take your influence and share the message of Jesus 
with those who are hungering for the hope that is inside of you? Would you pray that you have that opportunity? Think about it. Your children, how are they gonna know about Jesus? Your coworkers, how are they gonna know about Jesus? Your friends and family member, how are they gonna know about Jesus? You see, I recognized something many years ago. You know people that I don't know. So who's gonna be the influencer? You are. I know people that you don't know. So who do you suppose is gonna be the influencer? I am. I can't be dependent upon somebody else being the one who brings the message of Jesus for me. Because God has placed each and every one of us in a hashtag of influence, and he wants us to be the ones who use that influence. The question is, will you be prepared to do so? The gospel brings us back to God. It restores our relationship with him. Now, some of you might be thinking, makes great theory. You know, I'm not just talking theory here. I'm talking reality. I wanna tell you, I wanna tell you a story I was so encouraged by as I heard it this last week. I was reminded once again of how important it is to be an everyday missionary because amazing things happen when we allow God to use us to invite someone else to know more about the hope that is in us. Up on the screen here, you'll see a beautiful family, the Jeske family. In fact, you might recognize one of them more in particular than others um, here, but we have Ross and Stacy and their three children, Leighton, Ridley, and Crosby. The reason I want you to tell their story is this. You might recognize Stacy because um, she just came up on our video announcements. Some of you see her in the room right here as well. I won't point her out right now, okay? With that, a few years ago, Stacy entered into Nicole Gunderson's hashtag of influence because they both had kids about the same age. And so they found themselves at a meeting for parents with preschoolers. And so Nicole and Stacy connected and got in a conversation. Nicole shared that she went to church and she made an invitation to Stacy to come to church. Stacy's first response and her second response, actually, she told me, was, uh, no, I don't, I don't go to church. I don't do that church thing. And so she would describe herself at that time of life, kind of on that borderline agnostic atheist at that point in her life. But God was doing this work This work that he does in every person's life. So God is doing this work in everyone in your hashtag. He's doing a work that you don't see. And sometimes they don't see. And that work came up this way as, as Stacy was telling me the story. She said that her sister was going through cancer treatments. And that there was a time where they, they weren't sure that they could promise that she's going to make it. And she was present when her sister told her this. She said, either way, I'm going home. Either physically here to my house or eternally to heaven. 
And Stacy wanted nothing to do with that. It was like, there's only one choice. There's only one home. You need to go there. Right? We know what that's like. God was doing a work because she saw a peace in her sister that she couldn't just toss aside. So Stacy goes home. She talks to her husband, Ross. She says, do you have that peace? He said, yeah. I do. Meanwhile, the third invitation to come to church. God's working, right? Is received with a yes. They come to church. An agnostic in church, believe it or not, might be you right now, right? Sitting there, hearing the message of Jesus having a friend who's willing to enter into conversations with you about Jesus, going to a concert, hearing the message of Jesus, and then stepping over the line of faith from someone who I believe if I could to I believe. I believe that Jesus died for me, that he rose from the dead for me. We just praise God for what he did in Stacy's life. Would you join me? Story goes on, it even gets better. You're gonna have to ask Stacy or her kids about this. Stacy has a hashtag. One of the main, or some of the main people, just like all of us in that hashtag are our family. And it's having a ripple effect. Because her daughters are everyday missionaries at a public school after the walkshop parade, one of them recognized, nobody's talking about this. Got it before a class. Said, we need to pray. In front of the whole class, pray. Another, before performances and extracurricular activities, prays and invites anybody who would like to to come and be a part of that. Do you question why Jesus said, I'm leaving, my work is done, and now I send you to be an everyday missionary because you don't know what God's gonna do with it. It's hard to invite, isn't it? Let me make it a little easier for you. I wanna remind you of this. You're gonna get one of three answers, right? When you make an invitation, whether it be an invitation to church, whether it be an invitation to come to know Jesus, you're gonna get one of three answers. You're gonna get a yes, you're gonna get a no, or you're gonna get a maybe so. You need to treat them three different ways. You get a yes, that's a green light. That's a green light, continue on. You get a maybe so, that's a yellow. It means proceed, but proceed with caution. You get a red light, it's like, hey, just stop and wait for another time, possibly. But here's what I found that we don't wanna do, and it's too tempting to do far too often. And that is to tell ourselves in advance, they're not gonna wanna hear anyways, so why should I tell them? You know what I had to learn? I had to learn that you don't turn down someone's invitation for them, because you know what happens? Bad things happen. As I had an event I was gonna go to, I was reminded of this as a friend, didn't get invited, I thought about inviting them to come with me, and so what happens? 
They get back from that event. They hear about me sharing that event. And what do they say? Why didn't you invite me? And here's my answer. Because I didn't think you'd say yes. That didn't go over very well. They taught me a really good lesson. Do not say my no for me. Make the invitation because everybody likes to be invited. We don't want to stand before God. We don't want to stand before our hashtag and have them say, why did you never tell me about the hope that is inside of you? Why did you not tell me? And if we stand there and say, because I didn't think you wanted to hear, that's on us, that is not on them. We need to share the good news. If you're here today, I wanna ask you, and we're all here today, where are you at right now? Are you still living in your brokenness because you haven't come to God because Jesus is the answer to all our brokenness, 100% of it. But if you're still trying to fix that brokenness without coming to Christ, you need to come to Christ. In a little bit, we're gonna pray and I'm gonna encourage you to pray to receive Christ as your savior if you never have. If you're a Christ follower, would you make this your prayer? That God would give you an opportunity to share the message of Jesus with someone in your hashtag. Would you pray specifically? Because there are names of people right here that come to mind that need to hear Jesus, need to be invited into a relationship with him. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for sending us. Though it can be intimidating, it can be scary because we don't know, God. We don't want rejection. We don't want, God, to be looked at differently. But God, it's so important that we're able to tell others about you. If you're here today and you'd say, I've never trusted Jesus, my Savior. I'm still living in that brokenness. I'm still living in that place where I've not had my sins washed away because of Jesus' death and resurrection. But I'm believing today. I'm gonna place my faith, my trust that Jesus died for me. If you're here and you're ready to do that, just pray to him right now. Maybe something like this, dear God. I know it's my sin that ruins shalom, but I need peace with you. And I wanna make peace with you right now. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And through the shedding of his blood, I can be saved. I can have reconciliation with you right here and right now. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Would you indicate online even as well that you're trusting Christ? All right. Christ follower, if you're here today and you'd say, I want to have the opportunity to share the hope in me and I'm willing to pray for those in my hashtag of influence. God, give me the strength to do that. If you'd say, I'm committing to that right here, right now, just raise your hand to pray for who God wants me to influence, to share the message of Jesus, all right. Lord God, we praise you, we thank you for being a good God, for giving us reconciliation, for bringing us back to you. We thank you for that and then entrusting us with that message to others. Pray this in Jesus Christ's name. And everyone in agreement said, If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.